This is our scripture for the year. We don't usually have too many scriptures for the year. This is Psalm 6511. So we try to say this every Sunday. Uh, you crown the year 2017 with your goodness and your past drip with abundance. So you need to believe that. Put that on your refrigerator. Put that on your sun visor. Put that on your husband's forehead. Put it anywhere and everywhere you can. And uh, so you can know that is what this year is for you. We gave these out last week. It's called uh, My True Identity. We started an identity series. If you did not get one of these, raise your hand. Our ushers are standing in the aisle right now. There's quite a few of you. Raise your hand. They'll give that to you. You know, so many times you hear people say, well, I'm going to change the world. And we've been talking about changing Pueblo. But if we're ever going to change Pueblo, how many know at first you have to change yourself? And so we're going to talk about thinking differently about ourselves so we can think differently about our city. So if that's what it's going to take to change our city. Everybody say, Pueblo's blessed. If you don't live in Pueblo, I feel sorry for you. But anyway, we're going to talk today. I'm kidding. A little. But anyway, uh, we're going to talk today about something that if you are going to see the way God sees you, you're going to have to make sure that this is not part of your life, and that is insecurity. Yeah, I know. All of us have dealt with it. No matter who you are, what you do for a living, you deal with insecurities. And uh, insecurity is basically a sense that you don't know how valuable you truly are. I looked it up in the Webster's. Merriam-Webster Dictionary. It says this. It says, not confident or sure. Insecurity means not confident or sure. And then it says, this is a part I like, not firmly fastened or fixed. Because this is what I thought. I thought, well, I'm sure they didn't take this in consideration, but not firmly or fastened or fixed to Jesus. Because that's where you and I get our security. And if you're not firmly fastened or fixed, if you don't know who you are, then you're going to be insecure. And the problem about insecurity is that insecurity will destroy your marriage. It will destroy your relationships, your friendships, your business, churches. Insecurity is just wicked. And you know, the, the world will try to tell you who you are. Your past will try to tell you who you are. But we need to find out who we are based upon what God says who we are. Amen? Because, listen to me, what you do is not who you are. You know, and I know people say, oh, well, what do you do? Well, I'm a plumber. I'm not saying, oh, don't say that. No, don't, don't get weird on me, okay? <laughs> but even saying I'm a plumber, you need to know who you are because... If you quit being a plumber tomorrow, is your value going to go down? You get fired tomorrow, is your value going to go down? Because what God says about you, what he thinks about you, never, ever changes. Never changes. No matter what you're doing in life, it never changes. That's good news. Every day... Every day, God sees you as lovable, holy, righteous, acceptable, 
and priceless. Every day. Well, Pastor, you don't know what I did this week. I said every day. That's where we need to get our security from. Not in what we've done, not what we are doing, not what we can do. Not what we do for a living. Our identity is connected to what we do, then you're going to fail miserably. Because let's all face it, there's some days that we do our job better than other days. And how about those days where you just bombed? I mean, you don't do anything right. Are you going to think that you're less valuable then because you didn't do so good? Man, this is going to be good. Priceless. We have to know that our identity is in him. It has to be that. We were created by God. We were designed by God. That's who created us. Our image. The Bible says that in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. That we were created in his image and his likeness. Man. So what does the world try to make sure you do? You know, they try to teach, you know, our, our people in school that, you know, you were some pond scum that eventually crawled out of the pond. And, and so, you know, that's why you're really not that valuable. You know, you just came from scum. No, I was created in the very image of God. And every person on this planet was created in the image of God. So listen to me. Listen to me. If we try to get our image and our self-esteem in anything... Outside of that, you're going to be insecure. I don't care what you do for a living, you'll be insecure. So we have to know that we were created in His image and His likeness, and that's where we have to get our identity from Him. When we get our image from something or someone else, you're going to be insecure. When you try to get your security from what you do, you're going to be insecure. We become insecure because we try to find our worth and our identity from something or somebody. You know, I've done that as being married. I try to get my value from my wife. You ever, if you've been married, you may have done that. So I'm this confession time. I mean, no, you know, if your spouse thinks, man, you're just the greatest. You're my shiny knight in armor. And the next day... Oh, there's not just dings in the armor. There ain't no armor on that boy at all. So are you going to feel less valuable? Anytime that you try to get your value from somebody else, first of all, that's way too much pressure on them. Nobody can fulfill that need. <laughs> I said Nobody. Only Jesus can fill that need, and thank God he did. He did. We should get our worth from God and God alone. Nobody else, nothing else from God. That's where we get our value and our sense of worth and our identity is from him. Our image comes from him. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 8, this is the Passion Translation. I really like this. It says, beware that no one distracts you or intimidates you in their attempt to lead you away from Christ's fullness by pretending to be full of wisdom when they're filled with endless arguments of human logic. 
For they operate with humanistic and clouded judgments based on the mindset of the world system and not the anointed truths of the anointed one. For he is, talking about Jesus, he is the full and complete expression of deity living in human form. That's our Jesus. But then look at verse 10. And our own completeness is found in him. It's not found in what you've done. It's not found in your job. It's not found in who you know. It's not found out in anything except in him. We are completely filled with God as Christ's fullness overflows within us. Oh, I don't think you got that. Our own completeness is now found in him. We are completely filled with God as Christ's fullness overflows where? With us, in you, the fullness of God is inside you and me. And you're going to try to have this mentality that, I'm, well, you know, I'm just not very valuable. I mean, it's not doing this, but it's almost like spitting Jesus in the face. He lives in you. He's not going to live in a dump, by the way. <laughs> For he is the head of every kingdom. In authority in the universe. Verse 11. Through our union with him, we have experienced circumcision of heart. All of the guilt and the power of sin has been cut away and is now extinct. Listen to me. If you've got guilt in your life and condemnation because of sin, it says here that the power of sin has been cut away. Not going to be extinct, but as far as a believer is concerned, it is now extinct in you. I know religious people will get stuck right here. Yeah, well, I know I still sin. As far as God is concerned, this is his word. This is not my opinion. He says that all of the guilt and the power of sin has been cut away, is now extinct. So if you think, oh, this just, I got this heavy sin. I got an addiction. Oh, the devil has his arms wrapped around me. I am tricked. I am bound. You are deceived. <laughs> That's what you are. Because as far as God is concerned, there is no power that, for sin to have a hold of your life. You just don't know your identity. You don't know who you are. And let me, I know this. When people are broken and tragedy in their life and, and there's a lot of sin in their past and a lot of tragedy. In, and I know because I'm speaking from somebody who has experienced that. There's been a lot of tragedy in my life and I'm not here to focus on that. But I'm just going to tell you there's been tragedy in my life. There's been sin in my life. There's been hell on earth. But let me tell you this. And I was broken. But I'm going to tell you something. The avoidance of sin will not make you whole. I could just do better. That's what I kept trying. If I could just do better. If I could just do better. And that worked for a couple hours. Then you have to go meet and be with people in the world. If I could just do this, I, I would behold the avoidance of sin. Oh, man, you ought to just tattoo that on your forehead. The avoidance of sin will not make you whole. There's only one way of wholeness. 
When you give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ at that time, not when you keep working on yourself, but at that time. 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, He who is joined to, or if you give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, you become a new creature. Old things are passed away. Everything becomes new. What happens? You become whole right then and there. Not in the future, not when you get to heaven, you become whole then. So if you know I was whole, made whole 2,000 years ago. I was made whole 2,000 years ago. And what does the church try to do? They try to put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Well, if you'll just do this, and if you'll do that, you know. And you can put the egg back together. But how many you know, man, you can put the egg back together, but there's cracks everywhere. Ah, oh, you're whole. Yeah, but there, you're a cracked egg. That's all you are. You're a whole, but you're a cracked egg. How many you know that's not what God makes us? We're not a cracked egg. We don't have cracks all over our life, you know. Well, Pastor, you just don't know my life. I'm telling you, you don't know your life. Because you're trying to wrap your identity in what you've done or who's been treating you bad. When God says you're complete. You can't make your, nobody can make yourself complete. You can't get good enough to be complete. So what does the world try to tell you? Do better. Try harder. Just you, you eventually make it in the sweet by and by where we cross Jordan's stormy banks. Uh, it wouldn't be so funny if we didn't believe that. It's a lie. We've already been made whole. Not going to be. You're no more, you will not be any more whole in heaven than you are right now. Spiritually. You will not. This is the problem. When people focus on their sin, and I did, have you, have you ever done that? You know, you, you got a sin issue that just, you just can't seem to swing. I mean, it's just, it's, got, it's wrapped around your neck. So the more you focus on it, the bigger that baby gets. It's like you're feeding it. You keep focusing on it. So listen, we're talking about insecurities, but if you are focusing on your insecurities, it just, they just get bigger. If I could just do this right, you know, if I could take care, because man, I, we still deal with insecurities, at least in our house, maybe not your house, but we still deal with that. But thank God they're not as bad as they were 10 years ago, five years ago. And Lord, have mercy when I was a teenager. You know, if a girl broke up with me, <laughs> life is over, I should just end it. I'm sure none of you, all the teenagers, man, you need to listen to this. Download it on your MP3 or whatever you got, whatever they're using nowadays. It need, too bad you can't download it into your brain because, listen, you know, peer pressure is nothing but insecurity. Why? Because, you know, if somebody wants you to be accepted if you do this or you act that way, then you're accepted. Honey, I'm accepted whether you like it or not, whether I act right or not for you. I'm accepted by him, which is a lot higher than being accepted by anybody on this planet. But if our teenagers need to know that, why? Because it's rough being a teenager. I know, but I'm telling you, teenagers, peer pressure is nothing but insecurity. If somebody says, well, you're kind of weird, you go, yeah. But I'm loved by God, and I'm accepted by God. Hallelujah. So don't focus on that because you're priceless. 
You are priceless. You know, I, I read this article. This is years ago before they have all the technology they do today. Uh, I'm not for sure what they're called, but they're like counterfeit detectives for the, uh, for the currency. And, uh, you know, you would think that uh, for them that to, to be able to know all about counterfeiting, that they would need to know all about these false currencies. But you know they don't do that? I read this article. Man, this is so good. They study what the $100 bill is supposed to look like. The original. They want to know this one. Then when something doesn't look like that, that comes across, no, that's not, that's not it. Well, how do you know? You've never, I don't, I don't, because it doesn't look like the original one. It does, this is the original one. That one's not like this. So what we try to do is look like what the world does or look like this. And when all along God sent, no, this is you, Mike. Well, that's Jesus. That's you, Mike. You're in him. He's in you. That, that's the original one. That's you. Quit looking out here. Quit looking at all these other things that cause insecurity. Quit looking at trying to be perfect and all this. You're already perfect, Mike. You're looking at the wrong thing. Look at this one. What does that do? It changes your identity, what you think about yourself. It's amazing that the image you get inside your brain, that you will gravitate your everyday life effortlessly to become that, to do that without even trying. So if everybody's trying to say, I'm just a sinner, I am just a sinner, your body, your life will just, yep, let's just go out and sin. I'm just a dummy. I don't, I'm not very smart. I'm not very educated. I'm just, I, things don't go good for me. Your life will just gravitate towards that effortlessly. So if you get the image in your brain, I'm created in the image of God. I'm highly favored. I'm righteous. I'm holy. I've been made the head and not the tail. I'm the apple of God's eye. If you get that inside of you, effortlessly every day of your life will just flow towards that how many think that's good news how many think that is great news Woo! man i don't have to be religious i've tried to be religious if you tried to be religious it'll kill you religion will kill you or it'll make you so tired that you want to die i'll just end it all hallelujah i'm telling you and isn't it amazing that uh, whatever the crowd goes, insecure people will follow the crowd. I mean, you look at the disciples. Before the cross, I've never thought of this much, but they were the most insecure bunch of guys. They were insecure. God picked them. I mean, how I many you know that God knew that they were insecure, too? That's because he couldn't find anybody on the planet that was not. But he picked these guys. He picked these guys. I mean, John, you know, and his brother, man, they sit there. They want to sit on the right or the left hand of Jesus. They didn't even ask him. They got mama. Mom, go ask Jesus if we can sit on his right hand. I mean, is that insecure or what? I mean, you don't even face it. You get your mama to do Oh, you got your mama. <laughs> Why? Because, you know, he may say something bad to us. But if he says something bad to mom, hey, it's okay. 
And how about Peter? He'll cut your ear off. He's a tough guy, real tough guy. Just hours before Jesus was going to be crucified, you know, Jesus says somebody's going to betray him. Peter goes, stands up. I I'm, I'm bet you he just took his little robe and tightened it up and says, I'll never, ever deny you. I'll die for you, Jesus. Me. A few hours later, a little girl comes up and says, you know him? Don't, I've never seen him before in my life. Don't know him. Nope, 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 don't know him. That is security to the max. You know what, you know what I'm saying? I'll die for you. And then the crowd goes, oh, I think he's one of those disciples. Nope, not me. Nope, I'm not a disciple. What is that? Insecurity. Insecurity. But what happened after the cross? Now, this is the good news. Acts 4.13. Ah, this makes me feel good reading this. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter... And John, these are the two insecure guys, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. You know, it just jumped out at me, unlearned and ignorant. <laughs> you know, I don't know if it's because they talk the way I talk or what. I don't know. But, you know, they were just thought, man, man, that, man, they're just not really highly educated or something. No, this is a polite way of saying, I think these guys are stupid. Unlearned and ignorant men, the people said they marveled. Why did they marvel? They took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. They were getting the people's attention, and it wasn't because they were highly educated. But listen to the Living Bible. I like what it says. It says, when the council saw the boldness of Peter and John and could see that they were obviously, <laughs> obviously, Uneducated non-professionals. That's a polite way of saying. Yeah, they're not too, too smart. But they were amazed and realized, listen to this, what being with Jesus had done for them. I'm all for education. But your identity cannot be wrapped around your education. It cannot. The great thing about being with Jesus, it takes ordinary or uneducated and becomes extraordinary, priceless, being with Jesus. What was the difference between John and Peter and all that? They started getting a revelation of who they were. Before the cross, they didn't have a clue. The problem is the church. Sometimes we don't have a clue. We try to be something that we're not, try to pretend. What's important is to renew our mind to know what you are now. Not when you get to heaven. Not when you do right. Not when you fix everything in your life. Because you're already made whole now. Not going to be. Not when you get to heaven. Not when you do everything right. You are made whole now. Now. I'd set you free. Don't have to try to be. You need to know that you're priceless. Because listen to me. Insecurity will hurt you. It'll hurt your relationships. It'll hurt your marriage. And when you put that on somebody else, that your value has to come from them, 
you're putting undue pressure on them that they will never, ever be able to fulfill. You know, mother does good some days. Other days she doesn't. I do good some days. Some days I don't. Sometimes she's my princess. I'm thinking right about her. Loving her as Christ loved the, the church. I mean, you know, that, that's not 24-7, no. I know. Shocking. But listen to me. If my security is based upon how she thinks of me, what she thinks of me, I'm going to put so much pressure on her that it's going to harm our relationship. If you do that with any person, with any job, with any teacher, with any friend, it's too much pressure. They can't. They, there's only one person that could have done that and did do that. Jesus. Not only did he handle it, he did it. I am complete in him. That's why Paul says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. He knew his identity in him, through him. You read that phrase in the, the letters that Paul wrote, the epistles, man. Just underline every place where it says in him, in whom, through him, in Christ. And you know what you can say? That's me. That's me. Everywhere. Why? Because Jesus dwells on the inside of you and me. We become one with him. So our identity is in him. I said our identity is in him. It'll knock insecurity in the head. We get a sense of, of worth and value from God the Father. We have to stop looking at what we do and how people treat us to get our sense of value. People will let you down. Maybe not today, but later on today. <laughs> we're priceless. Everybody say we're priceless. Knowing who you are in Christ and knowing that you already have his approval. Already have his approval. Not trying to get it. Because raised up in church, I was always trying to get it. And so I would just have to try harder. And try harder the following week. And so after a while, you keep doing that, you just give up and think it's not attainable. Not realizing that I had it all along. But when you're trying to get it and you know you can't, it causes you to put up a barrier between you and Jesus. That's what religion does. We've let religion build a wall between us and Christ. He's screaming on the other side of the wall, I accept you. Ephesians chapter 1 says you are the accepted and the beloved. He's screaming on the other side of the wall, I love you. I see you holy. I see you as righteous. I see you as priceless. There is nothing that could have paid for your salvation, for my salvation. No amount of money, nothing. But God said, I'm going to send the most valuable thing. I'm going to send Jesus, and he will purchase everything to where you and I can be secure in him. That is so powerful. It will change the way you think about yourself. Knowing what God has done for you, knowing what he thinks about you today. 
That's the way he sees you. Not going to, that is the way that your heavenly father sees you. As priceless, as there's no tag that can be put on you. It's time the church realize who we are. And I realize it's not going to be something that happens overnight. But it's like Andrew Womack says, at least let's leave the port. I don't know about you, but I've left the port. My security today is greater than what it's ever been. Because if you know how much he loves you, it will elevate you above every lie that you've ever embraced. I'm going to say it again. If you get a revelation of how much God loves you, it elevates you automatically above the lies that you were taught and believed. My God loves me so much, and his love has never changed, and my security is wrapped up in him. That will lift you above every lie. Oh, I, you did this, and you did that, and you're this, and you're that, and you're this, and you're that. No, no, I'm not. Did you do that? Yes, I did. Are you that? No, I'm not. What? I'm not. You can tell a liar, but that a lie, but that doesn't mean you're a liar. Say, yes, it does. No, it doesn't. I know who I am. I'm a new creature in Christ. Whether or not I tell a lie or not. If I tell the truth, does that make me more in Christ? It doesn't. You can't get any more in Christ than when you first got in Christ. You didn't get 65% of him, and now you have to work for the other 35%. That's what we think. I got most of him, so now I just got to struggle to get the rest. You ain't going to struggle to get anything, honey. Your avoidance of sin does not complete you. Your avoidance of sin does not make you more whole. So, Pastor, are you saying that we can just go out there and live it up and Mardi Gras, here we come? <laughs> no, I'm not saying. Paul, Paul, this is why Paul, he was teaching this too. And that's why Paul, they said, can we, excuse me, I got a question. Can we continue in sin then? Just want to know. You know, they say if your congregation isn't asking that, then you're probably not preaching the good news. When I was raised up, we never asked that. I can guarantee you we never asked that because we had a list that went from here to Chicago of things we were supposed to be doing. And that's not too much of an exaggeration. Needless to say, I didn't read that list because I knew I couldn't, I couldn't do the first one, much less the one that's 9,423 on that list. I couldn't do the first one, so what am I going to read the rest of it? You know what I mean? But I didn't get taught that I was already complete in him. I didn't get taught that I was the righteousness of God. I wasn't taught that I was already filled with the fullness of God, that I was made whole. But thanks be to God, I found out that he loved me and did everything for me and came and lived inside of a mansion called Mike Davis. And he says, I've chosen you and I'm going to live in you and never leave you nor forsake you, Mike, because you are made whole from this day forward. That is the love that will lift you above every lie that the world has told you. 
You know, we've been, we've been told some lies. Your parents maybe told you something. The world's told you something. You're not so smart. You know, you need to be more like your brother. Really? I'm more like my brother, Jesus. That's who you are. Listen, this, it will embolden you like it emboldened Peter. I mean, before that, he goes, no, don't know him. I mean, it was, you know, theologians said it was like a young girl saying that to him, scared. No, I, I, I'm not a disciple of, what's his name? No, don't even know him. I mean, that's insecurity max, maximum, blowing out the walls, insecure. And that same guy stood up said, this is the one that you all crucified. Who is this Jesus? He's the one that you guys crucified. He's talking to Jewish religious people. Boy, he got bold, didn't he? What caused that? He found out who he was. Who owned him. Listen to me. And who believed in him. When he was still insecure, he still believed in him. Did you know Peter was the only one when Jesus was raised from the dead? I'll close with this. He was the only one. Peter was the only one. Mentioned by name. Jesus said, go and tell the disciples to meet me. Make sure you tell Peter. Why did he say that? Because Peter was one. He was hiding under the rock. Because of what he did, he denied Jesus. He was scared. He was closed in, shutters, closed, everything, covers over his head. And he goes, I denied him. And they still going to probably kill me. They're going to come and look for me and kill me. He was scared and everything. I denied Jesus. Jesus, make sure you tell Peter. Jesus believed in him before the cross. He believed in him after the cross. Jesus believes in you before the sin. He believes in you after the sin. Woo! Woo! My Jesus believes in me no matter what. 24-7, he believes in me. It's not so much what, what other people believe in you. you got to know that Jesus believes in you. And it will set you free of all insecurity. Amen? Let's stand.